0: Get a color coded bracelet. Yes, like the one I'm wearing. Yes, and you know who else does that? It's the Mexican Cartel. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon. Hello, hello. Happy Friday, June the 24th, and a happy uh, Friday it most certainly is. This is a historic day with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, Um, and I'm going to be sharing a few of my thoughts and a little bit about that. But I wanted to uh, obviously recap what uh, that with the Texas GOP convention. If you guys will just take a moment to like and share this video, I'm going to be going over uh, kind of what 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 all happened during the the convention, uh, what I personally learned, um, what it all means, and 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 of course again at the end sharing my thoughts on Roe versus Wade uh, because you guys know that. I actually started my advocacy in the pro life movement. Um, and so, uh, and, and that's what really fuels my passion uh, and the drive for the border because I do see this as an extension um, of, of pro life issues. So, <clears throat> like and share the video right now. Of course, we are streaming live on Facebook, Twitter, Getter, Twitch, uh, YouTube. Uh, Patriot TV Live. And then shortly after the, the the broadcast, guys, we will be uploading it in the podcast version to um, to pretty much everywhere. My husband made a few clicks and, and, and got it everywhere uh, from Google Play to uh, Audible uh, to Spotify, iHeart, uh, posted those links a few times um, as well, so uh, just bear with me as I get a little bit used to uh, going to a podcast version as well. And so, some of the things I might have to um, explain some of the videos or or some of the articles that I typically show that does not give uh, to be able to describe it for the podcast uh, listeners. So, um, anyways, let's just jump right into it. Again, please like and share the video so this way we can spread the message. The Convention. This was my very first time going. Um, I was a delegate. Uh, It was in the heart of Houston. And I will say, uh, I know I made a video about it. I was very uncomfortable. I, I'm uncomfortable even living in the mid cities area because of the huge population growth that we've seen. So, um, but I stuck it through. I wanted to leave the moment that I got there, but I stuck it through. Hang out. hung out all week uh, and did and accomplished what what secure the border uh, and Latinos for America first set out to do and accomplish. Um, I did learn a lot. This being the very first convention that I've uh, I've ever attended. Uh, you guys know I've I've never really been in the political realm, always on the advocacy parts of the pro-life movement. Um, <clears throat> so it was it was a learning experience for me. Uh, it was large, huge, a lot of people like a maze. But uh, it, I'm thankful and blessed to have been able to experience that. And I feel like it was so important because <clears throat> because number one, there was a lot of other people there that this was also their first time. So that was very encouraging. Um, and and I got to experience kind of um, how a little bit more of how all of this, uh, how the sausage is made, if you will. Um, and it was an experience, that's for sure. So it, the schedules were a little off. Um, but again, I was able to testify, which I've, I've grown accustomed to, especially about the uh, border issues. Um, and and be a part of all of that. So I was very thankful. And of course, I had some amazing people, amazing patriots from all over the great state of Texas. It was kind of like a big reunion for a lot of us. So uh, I was very thankful to be able to have been a part and be chosen as one of the delegates for, uh, for Tarrant County. Anyway, so let's just jump right into it because, you know, interestingly enough, I felt like a lot of the media that was put out there uh, the coverage of what came out of the Texas GOP convention uh, revolved around the verbiage of the, uh, you know, other issues that they, I guess, appealed to, you know, their their base, right, of like painting the GOP as the racist bigots that we all are, right, according to them. Um, everything from the verbiage, attacking the verbiage that came out, um, about the, you know, the, the push and the agenda down our throats and down, more importantly, down our children's throats, of the uh, LGBTQ plus verbiage and the, and the sexual grooming that they were doing to our children in our schools. They didn't like the verbiage that came out. They didn't like the verbiage of a lot of things. But one of the things that I thought was very interesting was that e- even in the media, the articles that did mention uh, the the border, uh, they didn't even mention the verbiage and it was just almost like a comment passing by. And I thought to myself, well, isn't that convenient? Why is that? Is that potentially because they really don't, of course, and, and it's a rhetorical question, um, is it because they really don't want the the mass amount of people to know what's really happening at the border? So uh, in the active invasion that it currently is, and, and, and that's the conclusion that I draw Um, and I feel rightfully so because I just, I I thought it was just so absent when you look like again at all the media that came out about it. So let's go over a few of the things, uh, between the legislative priorities and the platform really quick. And, and then I want to talk about, excuse me, my throat is like dry today. And then I want to talk about what does all of this mean? Um, let's go over this first. So this was the, uh, final report of the platform, uh, committee. And this is, of course, the, the border related to the border. Now, there is some really good information here, uh, starting off with the preamble and 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 where we decided the statements that we decided as the Texas Republican Party that we're going to stand behind and that we expect our elected officials in the state of Texas to, to use as a guideline. Um, and a lot of it was from elections, um, you know, to... Uh, abortion, uh, and, and the attempts of, of steering towards abolishment, abolishment of abortion and things of that nature. So there's some really good things in there. Um, but of course I want to focus on the border. So right here, the support of our armed forces, it goes into, there was two, uh, in the military readiness. If you guys have seen some of my, the, the previous, uh, Things that we've spoken about the previous podcast that we've spoken about, we pointed out some of the issues with the Texas National Guard and the Texas military. Some of the issues that they have faced for a long time. Uh, this this border crisis just increased those issues uh, and made it more noticeable. Um, so this kind of addresses some of those 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 issues. Um, and so that that was important. I was glad to see that the uh, eliminate illegal immigration magnets. This is huge. Uh, You know, they mentioned in here the E-Verify system. We have, if you will, a very weak, watered down version uh, of legislation when it comes to the E-Verify system here in the state of Texas. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. A lot of it is because, of course, uh, the Republican Party and many, uh, many of them, you know, within that realm, quietly, of course, support illegal immigration simply because they monetize off of it. A lot of them benefit off of it. It's cheap labor. I had the pleasure and the honor of joining uh, uh, Gloves Off with uh, the other day and the Gloves Off program. And I was just so uh, honored to be able to speak on that. Thank you so much for having me on again. Um, but we kind of touched upon this and why I feel like, you know, those who still somehow support uh cheap labor is turning a blind eye to everything else that coincides with illegal immigration including the abuse and exploitation of children uh, that i am just so adamantly against and vocal about but also I, i do feel like it is racist in a way because you're saying that because someone is an illegal alien that somehow they should you're okay with them being paid less So I'm very vocal about that. So I'm thankful that this made it in there because of course the E-Verify system for several reasons um, is is needed. And again, we need stronger legislation here in the state of Texas to to fortify the E-Verify system here. So I was thankful that that made it in. Uh, The military readiness, we talked about cybersecurity, the defeat of terrorism. Uh, A few weeks, two weeks ago, I had uh, Todd Benzman on as a guest uh, and we were talking about the national terrorism threat that a lot of people don't realize is a very real threat to this illegal uh, to a porous a porous uh, border. You know, to the illegal immigration. Um, it always has been, but it's one area in particular that a lot of people tend to, for whatever reason, not necessarily focus on. Um, now, with that, of course, one of the things that I personally testified on was, uh, of course, the expansion of the 287G program and and why we did post uh, bianca and i um were able to testify for the for the uh platforms um about this and one of the things that we talked about that i talked about in my personal testimony was the importance of des- of the designation of the drug tar- cartels as a terrorist organization however i will say that this is one of the things that i felt personally was a little bit weak um because yes it it basically encourages the federal government to do so you guys know that secure the border is all about what we can do right here fighting back within the state that the the sovereign state of texas including on the city county and state level and this is one that i do truly feel like you know if you guys look it up dps the department of public safety uh has a, a report out there where they also go into the domestic terrorism threat well you guys know that we have cartel living here amongst us everywhere in every corner of the great state of texas and i feel like there is a way to be able to do that here within the state of texas outside of relying on the federal government to to do so um and so i wish that there was a little bit stronger verbiage regarding that uh, here that we can do that, designate that, just like DPS designates white supremacy and designates, you know, uh, they, they have, um, if you go back and look even in 2020, man, according to DPS, uh, you know, white supremacy was the biggest domestic terrorism threat here in the state of Texas. Um, and they go into, they have environmental uh, terrorists and stuff like that. Why can't the Mexican cartel living in the affiliated gangs, living in the state of Texas, why can't that make the list? So that's the one area that I feel like, um, again, that we could have been a little bit stronger on the verbiage for, and those are some of the things, of course, that Secure the Border is going to be pushing for come the ADA session. In addition to filing the state statute uh, of of defining an act, such as, for example, the act here in Colleyville, when the federal government refuses to acknowledge that a certain act, you know of terrorism. Um, if if that we can define that we can declare that here in the state of Texas as a terrorist threat, and that will also provide resources to the victims. And I feel like that can also be applied towards um, <clears throat> towards the state domestic terrorism threat of the cartel and, and affiliated gangs and so on and so forth. Of course, the other one here was um, was the, let's see here. This is going now into the border security, the state, uh, state self-defense clause. I don't know why I'm struggling to talk today. So just ignore me, guys. I don't know what's going on. Um, just pardon me. The state self-defense clause. Of course, this is a big one. Um, to invoke Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution, known as a state self-defense clause, uh, this was also one of the things that we testified on, um, you know, pushing for this. We needed that strong verbiage. Again, the reason why that is so important is because such a declaration allows the sovereign state of Texas to do any and all things to secure our sovereign state border and territories and properties within within the state. Um, the other one here is the interstate border compact. That's important. Um, and. <clears throat> That, of course, is important. That is something that Senator Bob Hall has been pushing for for quite some time. It's passed the Senate a number of times, but as many things, for whatever reason, uh, as many things do, they fail, uh, just like the Interstate Compact, even though it passes through the Senate, it fails in the Texas House. Um, So this is one of those, this is one of those things. Um, is the interstate compact, and that essentially would allow the two. if we got two states with, for example, Arizona to come on board with us, uh, it gives us the authority uh, to do things like deportation, because again, why is that important? Even if we were to secure and, and, and stop the massive flow of illegal immigration over the sovereign state border of Texas, um, what are we going to do with the over 4 million that have already crossed more than likely more than that? um in over into through our state that's not meaning that all of them stay here of course not you guys know that a lot of them end up going they've been scattered throughout the united states but um how do we you know the, how do we address that issue well having the ability to effectively deport the interstate compact just like the declaration of the invasion would allow for such actions um so that is again another important strong verbiage that um that that did come out sanctuary cities. This is another huge one. You know, and again, this is one of those things where <clears throat> Governor Abbott has told us before that, you know, and has made a soft declaration legislation that has passed banning sanctuary cities here in the state of Texas. So when I made comments before in the past of saying you know, that we have sanctuary cities here, some people have been critical. And I'm like, okay, well then let me change the verbiage. Sanctuary city type policies, okay? This is effectively the same thing. For example, the city of Arlington, uh, earlier last year passed an ordinance making it uh, illegal for landowners, property owners within that city to ask for uh, for their status, for their legal status. Um, if they to check to make sure that they are, in fact, a legal resident um, or, you know, if I'm a renter and I want to make sure that, that that this is a citizen or a legal resident, as I should be able to do as a property owner, renting to, you know, renting to people, the city of Arlington uh, passed an ordinance, uh, uh, not allowing for that to happen. So that is a sanctuary city type policy that then drives and attracts and incentivizes illegal uh aliens to come into the state of texas and to stay and to settle so that is another reason why that is important and of course you guys if you guys remember not too long ago it was upheld uh in favor of ken paxton it was a lawsuit about this because uh the city of houston i believe it was houston austin and maybe san antonio i don't quote me on that you guys could look it up fact check me on it um that, that they were trying to fight against the very vague legislation that came out about sanctuary cities, uh, I believe a few years back, and, um, and, and it was upheld, Paxton was successful in getting that upheld. So now we need to strengthen that verbiage. Uh, the next one, of course, border security and immigration. And I will go back and you guys can actually go to the TexasGOP.org website and look this information up yourselves. Um, and then it goes into kind of the meat of it, um, the implementation of the 287G program, as I testified, you know, Florida has already presented legislation encouraging the expansion across the state of Florida. We're kind of following following behind, but this is one of the goals. Does it make a difference immediately right now? No. But if we do get a shift, a change in Congress to where we can now allow for ICE to begin, an in, in HSI to begin doing its job, We can expand this this program, and that would be very crucial and critical to the state of Texas of weeding out these uh, criminal illegal aliens. And again, we're not talking about the 287G program does not just attack, you know, just anyone, you know, with a a random traffic violation. No, this is a class A misdemeanor and above. So this is your rape, your assault, your murder, things like that, of that nature and felonies. Um, That's why this is so important. And this is one of the main goals of Secure the Border um h1b visas <clears throat> aiding and abetting illegal immigrants um, this is a specific target towards the ngos essentially um, you know revoking the 501c3 tax exempt status of any organization that breaks state or federal law by knowingly aiding and abetting illegal immigrants we support disbarring attorneys who knowingly aid and abet illegal immigrants. That is, you guys can imagine how that could be effectively if, if there's verbiage of legislation that comes out or something similar, that is something that we can use and utilize um, to go after the NGOs that are helping and aiding and abetting in human and sex trafficking, essentially. Um, of course, the Texas National Guard, um, you know, So that's and then it goes into the trade of trade with China and so on and so forth. I thought it was also interesting that there was um, a few people there uh, to testify in regards to uh, Texas supporting Taiwan being a free state. I thought that was beautiful to see. Um, Now I want to go into the verbiage, of course, with the. Hold on. Let's see if I can share this because this was one again, that I was particularly happy with and proud of. Um, The legislative priorities, of course, there was eight. If you guys remember, and I did a video out there uh, because it was originally border ranked nine. And I was just like, what is happening right now? Uh, It did make it up into the eight because while there is a total of 15, typically the top eight is what is the main focus. Uh, for the GOP party in the in the state. And so I was happy with that. And then when the final vote came out, uh, it showed, and I'll actually show that to you guys right now while I'm talking about it. It actually ended up showing an overwhelming support coming in only second place. There we go. Uh, to elections and personally uh, abolishing abortion, protecting elections and securing the border are... You know, if I, if Sheena could wave her magic wand, those would be the top three, um, you know, for for my personal priorities. So I was thankful that even though it did make priority number eight, it did have an overwhelming um, vote in support of it. So very thankful for that. And now let's go back to what I was showing you guys before. All right, there we go. Secure the border and protect Texans. Texans shall immediately deny all taxpayer-funded services and subsidies to illegal aliens. Again, this is kind of a stab when we were discussing this. Um, and I w- was able to go up there uh, during the priorities when they were when we were talking about the verbiage and kind of help uh, pitch in uh, for it. That was one of the things, some of the verbiage, I was like, whoa, a lot of that verbiage is, is not really good. Good, the way that it was initially presented. So I was very thankful that this turned out the way that it did. So uh, this, of course, that first sentence, as you guys can imagine, targeting the NGOs. Um, we call upon the governor to assert his duty under Article One, Section Ten, Clause Three of the U.S. Constitution to declare an invasion in our Texas border, uh, on our Texas border, and do everything in his power to protect Texans from this invasion the legislature shall direct the governor to enter into an interstate compact with one or more states for border security so that verbiage of course was particularly i was satisfied with that um all of that to say that by the end of this i was exhausted by the end of this week i was exhausted we had uh, our border uh, run for the border events lft did with the america project uh, we had some performers, some great speakers out there. Thank you to all of you guys who were able to attend it. Uh, it was a great time. It was uh, hopefully very informative to people. I, I always kind of listen back and listen to some of the guests and some of the, uh, I'm surprised, you know, I, I kind of live in this self-made bubble of border awareness. Uh, so it, it it takes me even by surprise sometimes knowing that, you um, hearing the reactions from some people that I've never really heard how truly bad it really is. So I was very thankful for that. And then of course, Kelly Perry had a luncheon event on Saturday morning. And I hope that that also between those two events um, and spreading the awareness, like so many of us have done that that also helped to sway people that, that it got such an overwhelming amount of votes and ended up in second um, with the vote tally. But, you know, one of the questions that I get asked a lot after this was, uh, what does it all mean, right? Like, what does it all mean? And, and I remember thinking that there was a moment as throughout all this voting and all week long as we were testifying and everything else. And so many people were testifying on a lot of other issues. And I remember thinking to myself that there was a moment where I went, how did we get here? How did we get to the point? I don't even remember how many... Um, priorities there, there initially were, I think it was like over 50 or something like that. And God bless everyone that worked on those committees. Uh, They, they worked so hard, so many long hours all day, all night, and listening to so many people. Um, God bless them for doing everything. And I know that we all hope that it actually amounts to something. Um, But I remember thinking with all of that, like, how did we get here? And I was kind of reminded of how we got here. When Corning took the stage, the there is a huge divide, and I was asked <clears throat> just recently by a reporter from Star Telegram why I felt like some of the verbiage coming out was so strong. Again, they wanted to focus on, on these other issues, never once wanting to talk about the border and this information, you know, that came out with the border. Um, and I'm like, well, strong verbiage. You have a lot of really pissed off people. You're attacking our families. You're attacking our pocketbooks. You're attacking our children, and you're wondering why there's such strong verbiage coming out. Um. So, but I remember thinking, like, gosh, how did we get here? And again, again like when I saw Cornyn being booed, and I actually got a clip that I thought was pretty good, and I want to talk about that because then this kind of I want to use this to kind of catapult into so what happens next like now that the republican party the gop you know the convention is done and over with what happens next and i'll share my thoughts here in just a second but and i know you guys have probably seen it and heard it but it was beautiful Um, So how do we get to this point of such strong verbiage? Because we have a lot of rhinos, because we have a lot of people who run as Republicans and for whatever reason, keep on getting voted in. Um, but a lot of us are awake now. And I think that one of the things, and that was a beautiful sight and it was a beautiful sound. But I think that one of the things that's important to point out here is that while a lot of the people were voting or, or were booing <clears throat> Cornyn, because of the red flag laws that he voted for. Um, you know he's also voted for expanding here we go, expanding the influx facilities. He voted right along with cinema and Tony Gonzalez who is also up for who is up for re-election right now and my good friend Frank uh, is running against him as an independent and I fully support that because Tony Gonzalez does not represent the values and the morals of the Republican party and neither does Cornyn. And that was clear. But again, my point is to point this out is simply because while a lot of people were booing because of the red flag laws, as they should, it's also important to point out that he is one of the many that supports open borders. That supports the expansion of using taxpayer dollars in the state of Texas to expand and expedite the processing of illegal aliens into our country and throughout our state. <clears throat> he voted right along with Henry Claire, Tony Gonzalez, and and like I said, you guys can read it. Uh Cinema Time, John Cornett. It's 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 not new, and I feel like that hasn't gotten enough attention either. Um, And if you guys are are living in Tony Gonzalez's district, consider checking out uh, Frank Lopez Jr., who is running against Tony Gonzalez. He submitted the signatures to get on the ballots just a few days ago. And I'm proud to support him because I know that he is a true conservative uh, who holds the values, the true values of, uh, of the conservatives in the Republican Party. So um, but that's kind of where I, I led to where I was just like, my gosh, like <clears throat> that's why we're having to have such strong verbiage. And that's why we're having to combat all of these different critical issues right now that even 15 years ago, we never many of us would have never imagined that we would have been fighting these battles. So what does this all mean? Well, it means that our job isn't done. The, the priorities in the platform, that's really just a suggestion. That's really just saying that we, as the Republican Party of the state of Texas, want you guys to pass these things, legislation in regards to these things, that we're coming together and saying that this is where we stand as a party. And, it, you know, you need to earn our vote. And by earning our vote, you need to help pass these things. Well, the last 87 session, that all went out the window, didn't it? So all that really doesn't mean very much at all if we do not follow up with it, with the, applying the pressure and holding them accountable to follow what we what we all want uh, as conservatives here in the great state of Texas. And I guess now, like I said, the, the reasons why this is important with regards to the border is, of course, because It is a pro-life issue. As long as there are children being exploited, even one child being exploited in the great state of Texas, that's not okay. That's not acceptable, especially if they're being done so and the people like the cartel are benefiting off of it. And today with the historic reversal of Roe versus Wade, I wanted to get a little bit personal and I wanted to share a personal story. I actually got involved in the pro-life movement, not because it was just the right thing to do, but because it personally impacted me. You see, when I was 20 years old, I was put in a situation and I had always been what I would consider pro-life, but I was not a Christian. I was not a Christian when I was a teenager. I went to church, grew up in the Catholic Church, but I was not a Christian because, honestly, because I thought that I didn't matter. I grew up in a very abusive household, and I didn't think that God loved me. I didn't think that God would care about someone like myself. Even still then, um, I always considered myself pro-life, uh, you know, as, as a teenager and as a young adult,
1: um,
0: unless in certain extraordinary circumstances until I found myself in that very circumstance. And when I was 24 years old, I was raped by a coworker. And you see, it was just a few days in between the time that I was raped to the time that the last time that I was with uh, my, my ex at the time. <clears throat> I went, you know, to, I was went to the hospital after it happened and everything. They gave the morning after pill. I, I was scared. I was nervous. It was crazy, and um, went through a really rough time. And then a few weeks later, got really sick. But you see, I got, I thought that I was just sick because of what had happened. And when I was rushed to the hospital because I could not stop vomiting, um, I found out that I was pregnant. At the time, I was eight weeks pregnant. And I remember, and this was in Dallas, and I remember going, I was just in complete and utter shock. And then they rushed me in to go have a sonogram. And I I asked to see the sonogram. And the lady doing the sonogram was very cold and refused to allow me to see it. And then we came back in and the doctor said, yes, you know, you, you are right now about eight weeks pregnant. Knowing that I was a victim of uh, a rape, he suggested to me, and I and just as I lay there in the bed in utter and complete shock alone, um, he suggested to me and he said, well, you know, you're, it's still early enough where you can get an abortion. And I remember instantly like that stung. And I was just like, that's your solution? But admittedly, I considered it. I went home because all that kept on going through my head was, what if this child comes out looking like him, like the man who had assaulted me? And again, I thought that I was pro-life until I was in that situation, with that exceptions that I had that it was okay. I had justified it as okay in my head. And thankfully, I had a, uh, a woman at the time who came to me and she said, Sheena, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but I will tell you that she was in an abusive relationship with her husband at the time, who was her ex, and she had, had an abortion. And she said to me, Sheena, there is not a day that I don't regret that. I will never live that. That guilt will always be on me. And then there was this moment where I thought to myself too, that moment when I decided and I thought, yeah, this was horrible what happened to me. This is a child. This is also my child. And that rape does not define me. That rape does not define my my child. And by the grace of God, I was saved from making a horrible decision. Decision that honestly, I should have never been allowed to make. I did not find out until months after my son was born that my son was actually the son of my, my, my ex. And I knew as well that when I, when I, when I decided and I thought to myself, like, I, I could not do this. I could never live with myself. Um, I knew I was going to be a single mom and I'm going to tell you, I struggled. I worked 16 hour days and still could barely afford. There were times where after I paid the bills and after I paid the cost of daycare, because I did not qualify for any type of assistance that I could barely had $20 left in between paychecks to be able to feed myself and to buy formula for my son. But by the grace of God, we did it. And it is because of my son that I became a Christian. It is because of my son that I stopped using drugs. It is because of my son that I turned my life around and I started this, this life of forgiveness and the life that I never thought and the family that I never thought that I ever would have deserved. God has blessed me immensely. And I, my son is now about to be 18 in August. And because of my personal experience, that's what led me down the path of actually becoming an advocate and a pro-life counselor at a crisis pregnancy center. I was saved by the grace of God. My son was saved by the grace of God. My son, just like my, both of my children, God has a purpose and a plan for them. And the enemy tried so hard to literally rip them from their right to life. And I'm just so thankful and grateful and honored to be in this fight for as long as as, as, as we have been as I have been. And I also pray and hope that this is a time for healing. I pray that this is a time for healing for our country. And for all of those women who were not saved at the time that they were lied to, they were told that it was just a clump of cells, they were not allowed to see their baby and their, beating, their child's beating heart on the sonogram. There is forgiveness and there is a God that loves you. But we as Christians and we as the church here in the United States have allowed the slaughter and the genocide, especially of minorities for far too long. And this battle has just begun. I remember marching down the streets in Dallas, right where Ruby Wade all started and to have this overturning. And maybe that's why I struggle so much to talk today because it is an emotional day. Um, but I just wanted to share, I guess, my story of why I am so pro-life because my son deserved to live. And so did every one of those millions of babies who were slaughtered. We are on the side of righteousness. And with this border situation, this is an extension of pro-life issues. And I will fight this and Secure the Border will fight this with the same passion, the same integrity, and the same vigor as I have for so long for pro-life issues. It is a glorious day. And thank you, God. And thank you, Jesus that we have begun the reversal of something that never should have taken place in the first place. So let this be the beginning, God willing, of many reversals and many victories for life, for this great state and for this great country. So, It is a glorious day. And let us have courage for what is next to come. Let this be the hill that we choose to die on together. All these pro-life issues. This is the one I'm pledging to die on. This is it. This is my my flag in the sand, is the pro-life issues. And the exploitation of human beings that open borders affords and allows is one of them so anyways <clears throat> moving on now for some exciting information <laughs> i put out uh some information about we are asking for volunteers we need help in this battle in this fight um we are going to be going down there fighting. We have the new projects coming up soon. Hopefully, uh, meeting with Cynthia is going to be arranging for us to go down uh, and helping to attack this this pop-up influx facilities ran by an NGO who has the intentions of opening their doors in September. If you guys read the commentary that I put out there about the abuse that happens in a lot of these facilities, uh, then you understand why this is a... Um, a huge target for us to be able to attempt to to stop as many of these facilities as opening as possible um for several reasons particularly the abuse of children that tends to happen so uh hopefully that'll be uh, coming up soon and we'll be able to give uh, updates as that comes along cynthia is going to be arranging uh, meetings with some of the uh, local officials and city officials down there. Uh, I don't want to give out too much information. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to keep you guys abreast on on that battle. And then I did have a great conversation with another very concerned Texan um, with some very fed up constituents in another small t- uh, border town. Um, we had a great conversation yesterday and are formulating a way uh, of hopefully being able to combat this in the respective uh, little cities like she said she's like we want to try to do everything we can to force them to go around we can only control what we can do here in the city and i'm like game on let's go that's what we're all about so hopefully we can keep you guys updated on those things and um also there is a new intern that's going to be helping us out with some of the research with regards to digging up some information and pulling some factual information on some of the crimes committed against children uh, here in the state of Texas by the hands of illegal aliens, similar to uh, what what uh, NC Fire does. Um, I, I've been waiting for a while and been praying for someone to come along to help uh, help in the efforts of this project. And that has now come uh, asking you shall receive. So hopefully look out for some information with regards to that other project uh, once that we get that really up and going. I'm bringing forth the information and highlighting things that the media is just not paying attention to, uh, and if they do, it's 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 never mentioned. So, um, you know that that, that it's at the hands of people who should not be here to begin with um, or people who have been deported several times. So that's the other exciting thing. Um, We did file for the 501c4 with Alliance for Safe Texas that will be doing business as uh, Secure the Border. So as that continues, as we get updates with that, hopefully we'll soon be able to make the official announcement soon that it's been approved and we are officially a 501c4. So keep on the lookout for that. But again, we need volunteers. We need help. Um, I've I've got a new area, new tab on the website. Let me take that here really quick. On the website, securetheborder.us. If you guys go to securetheborder.us and click on the take action tab, you will see become a border advocate volunteer today. These are the areas that we're looking for. For volunteers, the legislation team, the capital team, the county and city team, the social media team, and the research team, um, with some quick descriptions there. The legislation team really, basically, you guys are going to be our our those who are when we send say, okay, come the ADA session, we need you guys on the phones, we need emails to be sent. You guys are going to be sharing that information and lighting up those phone lines and and sending those emails. That is something that everyone can do. It uh, doesn't matter where you live. You guys can all do that. So if you will, please, you guys are asking, how can I fight back? So many times when when people do even realize how bad things are in the state of Texas, you know, saying that it's a federal issue is just not an acceptable answer. There are things that we can do. And people ask that all the time. What can I do? Again, here you go. Come and join the Secure the Border team, help fight with us. And this is one of the things that you guys can do is to sign up uh, to become a volunteer. And we will be having a meeting soon with all of those who do sign up um, with more information, more detail, and to get you guys started uh, and on your way with fighting the good fight with us. Um, And then, of course, continue, please, to submit, this is important, continue, please, to uh, submit your personal impact stories. Again, if you go to the securetheborder.us website, there's a tab under, I believe it's also under the Take Action tab, where you guys can submit your personal impact stories of how you guys are personally impacted by this active invasion. Uh, This could be by the violence, you know, that, that is funneled through in your cities. This could be obviously if you live along the border, submit that information. And the reason why. The special committees are still he, uh, hearing. As a matter of fact, right now on Monday, I'll be heading up there to the Capitol to go testify for the HHS committee that is accepting public testimony, um, but not border related. It is related to the pandemic response. So, but then at 1.30, the border uh, Senate Border Security uh, Committee will also be hearing. It's not open to the public, but again, you guys know I will be printing out every single one of these um, you know, personal impact stories and handing them in along with the legislative priorities to any and all committees that are currently being heard. Uh, I will get to as many of them as possible, both in the House and the Senate, and hand deliver your personal impact stories along with the Secure the Border legislative priorities. Um, and then also be on the lookout. I did get a follow-up email um, from the uh, um, uh, chief of staff of, um of one of the members, actually the chairman of the Border Security Committee in the Senate, um, and he just wanted to remind me, let me know about the upcoming uh, hearing on Monday. But then he also said, yes, we are still looking right now. It looks like they're looking for at least one, possibly two, uh, that will be open to public to the public for public testimony. I want to be able to push that information as soon as it is, uh, you know, notified um as soon as we're notified about it we want to be able to push that information so this way you guys can rally behind it show up in attend. um and and again we will be handing in these um <clears throat> for those who can't go to the capital we'll be handing in these personal impact stories as well so that's super duper important also go to the website uh the secure and sign up for the emails there We are growing, we are expanding, but we're going to need your help. And that's going to be one of the easiest ways to keep abreast with all of the action items, including the notification of when it is officially scheduled uh, for the Senate border security uh, public testimony. That, as of right now, they're looking for one, at least two. The first one, they believe they're shooting for the end of August, uh, and then the second one possibly towards September. But they are looking to hopefully have one somewhere along the border um and will hopefully give you guys uh, an opportunity to be able to attend in person as well so be on the lookout for that of course if you guys can also uh you know if you guys are supporters of secure the border please and you guys can uh, make a donation to help in this fight in this cause uh, and help defer some of the cost of all this travel and uh the paperwork and, and all that it takes for the podcast and everything else please do so you can also click on the donate button on secure the I think that's pretty much everything for now. Also, the podcast um, will be uploaded shortly after the broadcast, the live broadcast. So you guys can follow us again uh, on the personal page and in, in Facebook, of course, on the uh, of course on the secure the border page, Facebook page, Twitter Gab. Um, I'm sorry, Twitter Getter, and um, and then of course the podcast please share those links to share this information out. So anyways, guys, I really, truly appreciate you guys. Uh, This is a wonderful, glorious day, and I'm just so thankful, Um, so thankful that we've reached, uh, reached this point where Roe versus Wade has officially been overturned, and now the battle and the fun really begins. So anyways, guys, Visit the website, securetheborder.us, securetheborder.us. Like and share this information and uh, let's continue to do all that we can to secure our sovereign state border and save our precious Texas. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. Good night. Thank you for your time, and let's go, Brandon.